0: Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see all of you here.
1: I want to remind you this morning, life is filled with not only good days, but bad days. Isn't that the truth? Whether we like it or not, our passage reminds us that there are days of prosperity and days of adversity in all of our lives. I want to just ask you quickly, maybe with the person next to you, if you could share a high currently in your life and a low that's in your life. Do you mind doing that real quick? Just turn real quickly to the neighbor next to you and just share a high and a low that's happening in your life. Go ahead. Just for the sake of time, I had coffee uh, during my paternity leave with one of my good buddies. He's a pastor up in the Bay Area at a church called Westgate. He just got that job married to a beautiful, godly woman, has two girls, this is a picture of them, and just days of prosperity, you know, we're just sharing. And then a day of adversity hit just like this. It happened uh, in the form of a car accident. He was at a standstill up in the Bay Area, uh, on the freeway, because there was so much traffic. And an older lady drove about 60 miles per hour straight into the back of their car with their whole family in the car. It hit their car so hard that it broke all the windows in the car, jammed all the doors. The car seat fell out of its place. He had a head trauma so bad that he couldn't be in ministry for a year. He was getting therapy. He couldn't even see what was happening to his daughters when they finally got to the older one. She had blood flowing down
0: on her whole head. So days of prosperity. And in a blink of an eye, day of adversity. And all of us
1: knows, maybe not how that feels, but how you can have both juxtaposed in our lives. And what Solomon and Ecclesiastes in our passage this morning, he's going to start with some truth, theological truth that's really hard to digest, but so important for all of us, which is that God has made, verse 14, the day of prosperity and the day of adversity in all of our lives, that God is sovereign and has made that for all of us. And although that might be a very difficult Truth to digest. It is one that is echoed throughout Scripture everywhere. I'm going to give you a few verses. In Matthew 5, 45, it says this. For God makes his son, the good times, rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain, the days of adversity, on the just and on the unjust. Isaiah 45, 7 says this. I, God, form light as well as create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who
0: does all these things. Tough theological truth, but so important for us.
1: That in your life, you will have days of prosperity, days of adversity, and God makes both. Now, if that wasn't challenging enough, Solomon wants to like smack us on the face because he goes on and he tells us, not only is it that he makes those two, but we cannot change what God deems appropriate for our lives. Verse 13 says this, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? I want you to digest this. If he deems appropriate that you have season of prosperity or season of adversity, that you and I cannot change that. Now, when it says crooked here, I want to clarify. It is not that God is doing something evil or sinful. It means it's just not the straight path that we imagine for our life. It's God's scenic route for all of us, right? Right? Have you ever tried to take your kids on a road trip and you kind of just take this kind of longer road? You're going up to the bay, you take the one-on-one, not the five. Your kids are like, why is it taking so long? Dad, right? It's kind of like that. God sometimes takes us on a path that maybe we cannot see or understand or we think better. When God does that, there is nothing within our power to be able to change what he makes crooked. Okay? Now, I want that to
0: soak in. Because Solomon has something really important for us to digest this morning.
1: And it's important because all of you will experience what he's talking about here.
0: Days of prosperity. Days of adversity. And how to handle that in a wise way. And he starts with God's sovereignty. And he says,
1: I want you to hold on to this. And what he has for us this morning, because he has good news. It's just not tough news for us to just digest that. But he has some really good news for us in our passage. And I believe probably one of the greatest nuggets of wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes for us. And it's found in the beginning portion of verse 13. Because he tells us, and I put it kind of on a slide just so that you don't miss what he has for us. And he tells us this. This is a good news for us.
0: It is that slide. No. Okay. God works. God works. Yes.
1: This is the good news for us. That God works through both the prosperity and adversity in our lives for his good purpose. It's not that he just wants you to understand that he brings and makes the good and the bad and you can't do anything about it. He has good news. If you look at verse 13, what does he say? He starts with what? Consider,
0: anyone, the, okay, if you've never heard me preach, okay,
1: you can interact with me. You have the freedom to say something, okay? It says, consider the what? Church. The work of God. What he's telling you is that God works in the seasons of adversity and prosperity in our lives. And you ought to consider that God is doing something. He makes the good and the bad in our lives to work for his good purposes in our life. Amen? The par excellence Bible verse that we find for this, and we go over this many times at our church, but I thought it would be very
0: fitting. Romans eight twenty eight It says, and we know that for those who love God,
1: all things, prosperity, adversity, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Psalm 1830. This is the psalmist. Who says,
0: this God, our God, his way is what? Anyone? Is perfect. Words are true. It was a shield for us.
1: Now look, even as a Christian that's been a Christian for a long time, this is something that you have to wrestle with. Because if you walked into this room and you were going through a season of adversity, It's hard to say amen. It's hard to say, so be it, Lord, whatever you want. Yeah, I believe that this is good. This is for my good. You're working. This is hard. But you need to wrestle with this. My brothers and sisters, you need to understand and come to grips with the difficult things that happens in our lives. And the reason why Solomon brings this to the table is because he wants us to understand that there is a wise purposeful way that we should be living through seasons of prosperity as well as seasons of adversity. So when you keep this in mind that God is working, what is the proper way to respond? So that's where we're going. You guys with me? Okay, thank you. So how to respond in days of prosperity. Verse 14, it says this, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. Make the heart glad because We do not deserve days of prosperity, but God in his good grace pours it into our life. And so we ought to be joyful. But now, I just want to remind you, you know what this passage assumes? It assumes that you can be prosperous and not joyful. That you can have all the trinkets in the world. You can have the position, the possessions, and not have joy in your life. Uh, you know, this is from an Instagram of an athlete that I follow, and he posted this picture of how to be happy, scientific ways. So I saw this this week during my Instagram, and you know, he's like plan a trip, meditate, practice gratitude, help others, practice smiling, right? And you know, especially the men, practice smiling, right? Move closer to work, sleep more, and you know, right? right. Now, this is this will never hurt. This will help. But I'm gonna just tell you right now: if you sleep more, ten hours later, you're gonna be tired again. So happiness is different than joy. Happiness is a fleeting emotion that kind of comes and goes, but joy is an inner peace and contentment that what this passage is pointing us to.
0: That happiness, take for example, uh, this past week, I just turned 40. Praise the Lord.
1: And my wife surprised me by making reservations to my favorite sushi place. Um, It's a place called Oshima in Orange. And I'm just going to tell you how much my wife loves me because we just have a five-week old at home. I told her, let's not do anything, because, you know, obviously life is crazy right now. So we said, hey, let's not do anything. She surprised me. She got her mom to watch Joshua and the kids so we could get away for like an hour and a half max and then eat and come back, right? And so she doesn't even like sushi. I'm going to tell you. So she was eating wudong right, while I was eating this, like, omakase by myself, right? And it, here's a little video I just want to show you, okay? This is the video that I posted. Man, this video is so bad on this lighting. But I want to explain to you just how good this meal was.
0: So the last one right there is what it's called a scallop. So buttery.
1: My second favorite thing they have is thing called cherry salmon. Anyone have, if you've never had cherry salmon, you haven't lived. I'm just going to tell you right now. And my favorite thing they have is this thing called black cod, and then they just char it a little bit. And it just, and I mean, I felt great, right? And, you know, because my wife doesn't eat sushi, we don't eat it all the time. You know, this is like, I don't know, last time I, I don't, can't even remember. I'm enjoying this. And I'm just going to tell you right now the next morning, I was tired. I was hungry. Okay? I'm going to you right now, my brothers and sisters,
0: as much as I enjoyed this meal and how, how great I felt, this isn't it. See, Christian, I want you
1: to understand do not be fooled. Joy is not in the things of this world. It is not what you can gain. It's not what you can taste. It is not the position you garner. It's not the friends you have. Okay? It's not the marriage you want. It's not in your bank account. You can have all those
0: things and not have the proper response of joy in your heart and life. So Solomon is saying, when you go through seasons of prosperity... Interestingly
1: enough, I don't know if this happens in your life, but in my life, when I go through good times, I have this tendency to try to forget God. But when things are good, what do I do? I search for him like crazy. And
0: here he's saying, when you're going through the seasons of good, have joy. If it's not in the world, how do you have joy? Well, I want to give you the secret, and it's found in the Bible. This is
1: how we can have joy, inner peace and contentment. In Psalm 1611, it tells us this. And this is the secret to joy. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's nothing so profound. It's something you've been taught if you've been growing up in the church since you were very little. It's this. In your presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy.
0: That is the secret to joy. If you want to meet a joyful person, meet a person that's close to God. If you want to have more joy in your life, spend time
1: in his presence. Let me just tell you why. Because when you are in the presence of God, not all the time, but most of the time, you hear, you listen to the voice
0: of God. Instead of the voice of this world or the voice of Satan. And you hear words such as, you are redeemed. You are loved. I sent my son to die for you. You have everything you need, and I have so much more in store for you. See, when you hear
1: these things, truth from God's word, when you're listening to the voice of God, you have joy. See, but when you don't spend time in God's presence, you listen to other people's voices, and you hear voice that you don't have enough, or you hear from seeing voice, what is wrong with you? You deserve more. Interestingly enough, when you look at Genesis and you look at the Garden of Eden, talk about prosperity, right? And yet Adam doesn't listen to the voice of God. He hears the voice of Satan, which tells
0: him, Hey, God's holding out on you. And he starts believing. Oh my gosh, I can't be
1: happy until I have that. Have you ever said that in your life? Like, have you ever said that? Like, I'm not going to be happy until I get this. See, I'm going to just tell you right now. So many of us believe that seasons of prosperity is what brings joy. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that is not true. That is not biblically true. You can have joy through every season if you
0: are in the presence of God. As you listen to his voice, not the other competing voices that are around you.
1: Try to fill your head. Jesus, in John 15, 11, said this. These things I have spoken to you. He's talking to his disciples. I'm speaking truth to you. Why? Because I want you to know I want my joy in you. And I want your joy to be full. My brothers and sisters, that's my prayer for us. That we would live with inner peace and contentment because we are living as prosperous people And so many of us have stuff that we don't deserve, and half of the world would give everything to trade lives with us. And so many of us sometimes struggle with just contentment because we just listen to the wrong voice. Hear the voice of God this morning.
0: He loves you. He's given you so many things that you don't deserve. Because God is good. So go in his presence. Practice Contentment, peace, and joy, those are found in God's presence. True? Can you say that to your neighbor?
1: This is so cheesy, I know, but say it to your neighbor. This week, spend time with God. Do you mind just
0: encouraging one another? Do that real quick. I'm going to tell you right now, this will radically impact your Christian walk. The second part, the proper wise response in adversity.
1: He says something profoundly interesting. Okay, He says this,
0: and in the day of adversity, what ought we do? He says, consider. You're like, what? (laughs) Do what? Yeah, reflect. No, no, wait, wait. God,
1: shouldn't I be trying to run around and fix whatever the problem is? Shouldn't I be trying to be busy and try to figure out how to get out of this mess? He says, no. I want you to take a step back. And when you go through seasons, I want you to consider two things. I want you to consider, first, that God has made the one as well as the other. Meaning, you will embrace the good. Hey, embrace the bad. Because God is doing something, right? And then the second part is this, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, when you reflect, you start realizing, huh, God is doing something on purpose, and also, I am helpless to change anything anyways. You don't even
0: know what tomorrow's going to bring. Okay? Do you know if tomorrow's going to rain, anyone? Don't check your Apple app. You don't know. I want to argue the weatherman doesn't even know. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. Look, I want my daughters to go to a good college. I have no idea. If they go to JC, hey, praise the Lord. Maybe, okay? But when you take a
1: step back, what are you saying? When tough things happen, take a step back. Reflect and think, God, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? And I'm just going to tell you, we are so busy as a people here. To be honest, when you reflect, this is what happens. When you take a step back and you consider and you think about how God is doing something, you start realizing, God, you are sovereign, and I really can't do anything to help the situation, so I need to pray more, I need to trust you more. That's kind of the process that Solomon is pointing you towards. I know our natural reaction is to go and try to fix it. I
0: need to go do something. And Solomon is like, no. Reflect, And I think so many of
1: us, I, I wish we could just do that. because Sometimes we need to just take a step back and realize that God hasn't forgotten you. It's not just
0: random chaos. God has made this day. As tough as it is, God has made it. His good purpose, and when you reflect on truth, theological truth like that,
1: it radically transforms any bad day. Um, you know, I have a good pastor friend of mine, and you know, I got a chance to spend some time with him. He he lost his daughter thirty five minutes after she
0: was born, and it was tough. And um, as we were talking, he says something. of
1: paraphrasing but this is kind of the main meat of what he said he said i discovered in the hospital maternity ward what kind of theology i have what i really believe and then he went on to say something that i think
0: is so profoundly true he says it is truth about god that carried me Look, I think sometimes we talk about theology and we think it's just like dry knowledge. No, it's not.
1: Emotions sway you back and forth. Theology grounds you like an anchor. So you are not swayed by difficult times. That's why it's telling you to reflect and consider. It's saying the same thing in Romans 12 too. If you've ever read this passage, it's saying, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, especially in the difficult times. Why? Then you will be able to test and discern what is the will of God. The will of God that is good, acceptable,
0: and perfect for you and I. So take a step back and reflect. You know, um, there was a man named Derek Redmond. I don't know if you've ever heard of this man. He trained
1: his whole life to run in the Olympics. And finally in Barcelona 1992, he got a chance to run his race. But unfortunately,
0: a day of adversity hit when he thought it was a day of prosperity. Because he hurt his hamstring so bad that he fell to the ground. He couldn't move. Can you imagine? He worked his whole life. But what garnered headlines worldwide was what happened next. Because he got up and he tried to finish. And you see his father, his loving father, come from the stands, take him by the arms, helps carry him to finish the race. I want to show you that video clip. I'm taking a look. Look, I want to remind you, you know, our passage tells us that we are helpless, like Derek Redmond. And adversity will hit. Take a step back and consider you know why? Because God will carry you through. It's not so much your effort, God loves you. He knows what you're going through. If we would just trust in Him, instead of just killing ourselves, trying to fix it with
1: worry and concern and stress. It's like sometimes just take a step back and just consider, God, you are doing something. You have made this day as well as the day of
0: prosperity. Look, my brothers and sisters, what we're talking about today is not easy to digest. But you need to hear it. Listen to the voice of God during times of prosperity. To find joy. To go into his presence. But if you are going through a day of adversity, step back, think about God, help him reveal what he has for you to carry.
1: I want to end with one verse. In Psalm 62, 8, it says this, my brothers and sisters, trust in him at all times, good and bad, trust in him,
0: O people, pour out your heart before him. Because God is a refuge for us. Let's pray together. God, we just thank you that you are sovereign, that you are good. I know there are moments in our lives where that's sometimes hard for us to believe or see.
1: And I pray for some of us in here that maybe you're struggling through that right now,
0: maybe every day seems like a day of adversity, God, come, remind us, push us to pursue your presence, to listen to your voice, to reflect on your truth, carry us through when we cannot.